With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Housing Wire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the Housing Wire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk. I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today, you'll be listening to an exclusive interview that features Andy Walden, an economist and the director of market research at Black Knight. In today's interview, Andy discusses Black Knight's latest report, which was exclusively given to Housing Wire early and indicates that although delinquencies improved in November, nearly 2.2 million seriously past due mortgages remain. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. They say money talks, so why can't we? HousingWire is thrilled to introduce its newest podcast, Girl Funds, a show where we give you our two cents on money. We love to talk with our girlfriends about everything, except our finances. We're here to bring money back into the conversation, hosted by me, Brenda Nath, along with our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler. Be sure to join us every week starting this Wednesday for our girls' night focused on everything from how to pursue your dream of owning a home to affording your best friend's wedding. Each week, we'll have a special guest join us as we intertwine finance and friendship. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined with Andy Walden, an economist and the director of market research at Black Knight. Thanks for joining us on Housing Wire Daily, Andy. All right. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right, listeners, today Andy will be speaking to us about Black Knight's latest report, which was given to HousingWire a bit early and indicates that although delinquencies improved in November, nearly 2.2 million seriously past due mortgages remain. Andy, according to an early look at November's delinquency data provided to HousingWire by Black Knight, mortgage delinquencies improved for the sixth consecutive month in November, falling to 6.33% from 6.44% in the month prior. And while the national delinquency rate is now down 1.5 percentage points from its peak of 7.8% in May, it still remains a full three percentage points above pre-pandemic levels. I mean, while we can largely attribute this climb to the COVID-19 pandemic, can you explain to our listeners what this means for the mortgage market? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we can fully attribute what we're seeing in the mortgage market right now to the COVID pandemic. If, if we look kind of at where delinquencies were heading into the pandemic, we were at record lows and, and actually seeing mortgage delinquency rates fall. And then obviously we hit a, a pretty big speed bump here in 2020 with the pandemic. But I think broadly speaking, when we look at delinquency rates, what they tell us is that even though we're six months into this recovery, we're still seeing very elevated levels of overall mortgage delinquencies. We're still seeing 3% of mortgage holders behind on mortgage payments. 
And based on that six-month recovery trend, we could be looking at elevated levels of mortgage delinquencies, not only all the way through 2021, but into 2022 as well. That's really alarming. And it leads me to my next question. Uh, let's discuss some other findings in this report. Data from Black Knight shows while early stage delinquencies have fallen back below pre-pandemic levels, seriously past due mortgages remain 1.8 million above pre-pandemic levels. Do you think this number is likely to increase or decrease? I can guess that it's going to decrease, but I want to hear what you think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And if we look at kind of the trend that we've seen over the last few months, that seriously delinquent number actually peaked out in August of this year. And we've seen improvement, although it's been modest, over the last three months. So it is currently a declining trend. That being said, one thing to keep an eye on, obviously we're seeing rising COVID case rates across the country. We've seen a little bit of an uptick in weekly unemployment filings that appear to be trickling into new forbearance requests as well and kind of bleeding into the mortgage market. So while it has been an improving trend, certainly one to keep an eye on, especially uh, around the economic impact of this kind of second wave of, of COVID case rate increases. All right, now let's focus on foreclosure activity. According to Black Knight's readings, foreclosure activity remains muted as widespread moratoriums remain in place. And as we know, the Federal Housing Finance Agency has extended its moratorium on foreclosures and evictions for borrowers with mortgages backed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac until January 31st. In your opinion, do you think the FHFA's extension is long enough, and are we likely to see an uptick in this number if this comes to a halt in 2021? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. And I think maybe the simplest way to look at it is, will serious mortgage delinquencies still be elevated at the end of January when that moratorium is currently set to expire? And I, I think the answer is very likely yes, right? If we look at, uh, again, as you mentioned earlier, 1.8 million excess severe mortgage delinquencies out there in the market. If we look at the improvement trend over the last few months, when we get to the end of January, that would put us somewhere at about 1.7 million excess severe mortgage delinquencies. So about five times as many seriously past due mortgages at the end of January as we had entering 2020. So significant elevation likely to still be there when those moratoriums expire. I think it's also worth noting that there are kind of dueling umbrellas or dueling protection, dual protections uh, for mortgage holders out there right now. The first and broadest is that uh, foreclosure moratorium, but we also have these forbearance plans out there as well. And when you look at those seriously past due mortgages, what you see is that about 85% of those past due homeowners and, and over 90% of COVID related past due mortgages are either in a forbearance plan right now or are actively working on loss mitigation with their servicers. So they do have the secondary levels of protection. That being said, those are scheduled to expire or, or reach their 12 month uh, expiration as it stands today starting kind of at the end of March of next year and then kind of seeing reoccurring waves in April and um, May. So I think back to the broader question of foreclosure risk for 2021, I think it's, it's it could vary greatly depending on, one, what we see with these protections, the, the foreclosure moratoriums and forbearance plans, if those are extended or not, and two, the broader economic recovery, right? I think it, it's become relatively clear that there will be a significant number of these homeowners in those forbearance plans when they begin to expire. The big unknown there is what share of those homeowners are ready to return to making mortgage payments. All right. See, that also leads me to my next point. Um, I want to focus on what the housing market could look like if more and more financially strained borrowers ask for extensions under forbearances, let's say, once this period ends. What effect do you think this is likely to have on the overall market, let's say, as even as far as we go into late 2021? 
And if you look at performance out of these forbearance programs so far, they've been relatively strong. So we've seen a little over six and a half million homeowners enter a forbearance plan at some point in 2020. Well over half have since or have already left those forbearance plans. And almost half of those borrowers are back to either reperforming on their loan or have paid off their uh, loan in full. So, so far, we've seen relatively strong performance. That being said, we still have between 2.7 and 2.8 million remaining forbearances out there. And I think it's fair to say that folks that have stayed in these plans longer may be uh, those that were more financially impacted and, and uh, may have more trouble getting back on track, right? So, if we take those numbers and kind of roll them forward into 2021, what what that looks like, right? If you kind of take the rate of improvement so far, is that we could be looking at two million or more forbearances that are still active when those plans start to expire um, in kind of late March and April of next year. Um, and there are questions there, not only the foreclosure risk that we've been talking about, but in terms of the housing market, there's a question of does that mean increased inventory, whether it's traditional inventory or distressed inventory in the market. And when we, we look at some of the underlying makeup of these homeowners that are in forbearance, 90% of these folks actually have significant equity in their home. They have at least 10% equity. So they have options. They could list through a, a traditional real estate channel and there could be some inflow of for sale uh, inventory, which is desperately needed in the, in the housing market right now. Yeah, and inventory is definitely a concern for many people right now in the industry. And now I want to wrap today with a bit of an open-ended question. In your mind, what do you think the industry needs to be paying attention to as 2020 comes to a close? Were there any lessons we learned or any factors that we may need to watch out for in the new year, whether that be inventory, mortgage rates, forbearances, or all the above? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the answer is probably all the above, right? It's been a roller coaster year in, in both the mortgage and housing market as it has been for kind of America in general. I mean, there's been some good and some bad throughout 2020. On, on the bright side, um, we've seen record levels of origination volume. By our calculations, we estimate that nearly nine and a half million homeowners will have been able to refinance their mortgage and take advantage of record low rates and or some of the equity um, in their home. And we also are seeing one of the hottest housing markets that we've seen in 15 years and some equity growth there as well. So certainly um, some optimism uh, in some areas of the market and in terms of rates and refinance incentive, that's likely to carry through into early 2021 as well. Um, in terms of focus points, I think uh, obviously based on our conversation here today, it, it's relatively obvious where my focus is here heading into 2021. And it's really around these remaining seriously delinquent loans, remaining active forbearance cases heading into 2021 and, and the policies that are currently in place and, and, and set to expire this year uh, in, in some of those risks. And I think you're seeing a lot of focus around those numbers, especially as, as we creep up on these uh, foreclosure moratorium expirations and, and forbearance plan expirations as well. So there really is a lot to look out for in 2021. I'm sure as we get more data in, we'll have you back on the show to discuss how this will also impact the market. I want to thank you today for joining us on Housing Wire Daily. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing Housing Wire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more.
Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.